Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and tonight we are going to be giving a little fond farewell of Dragons of Tarkir and Magic Origins. I meant to do this a week or two ago, but, you know, some stuff happens, things come up, and you just got to deal with it. That's life. You got to deal with life as it hits you in the face and just puts you on the ground and says, stop it, stop it, and then you just get the fuck back up and just say, no life. Screw you, buddy. I'm going to keep going. All right, so anyways, before we get into all that, let's get into the lovely ads, and let's see if I can do it without screwing up. I promise you, one of these times, I'm going to do it. You know, I've gotten some complaints where it's like, Zuby, how come you just don't re-record or re-record, pre-record your ads ahead of time so you don't have to do it every time? Well, you know what? That's not me. That's You're not getting the genuine article here. You're not getting me. You're not getting me as a person. Do you want some robot edited piece of crap that is the same exact thing every single episode? No. You're going to get a new Zuby. Well, not really a new Zuby, but a new Zuby. You know, kind of like a different Zuby every time that I record here. So, all right, all right, okay. Onwards with the ads. This episode is featured on LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com not only has some really well-written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Horizon Data Sys, makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon Data Sys doesn't tend to discount their product often as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC, but for listeners of Magic Wazubi, they provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash goo.gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off rollback RX. And as usual, I will be sure to tweet out that link like I do every Friday when a new episode comes out. And last but certainly not least, Five Color Combo is a great resource to find custom tokens, playmats, or other accessories to learn more about Magic the Gathering and keep up with the latest news and strategies. They've also developed the premier app for getting better at limited called Magic Drafter. Go to fivecolorcombo.com today or click on the links in the description to check it out. So before I dive even further, um, I'm going to put this on a little pause here and because five color combo sent me a cool thing that they're starting up they're starting up a kickstarter so let me read that over real quick hold on all right so i'm back here and just going over it real quick so five color combo is releasing a well not yeah i guess they're releasing a new app um did they give a name for it yet um the five color combo app it is the ultimate app for magic the gathering players it looks like it's going to be a sort of a combination with their draft app, their Magic Drafter app, along with being able to deck build and play test your deck while on the computer or on your phone, iOS and Android. Um, well, let's see what else here. It looks like you'll be able to import your Magic the Gathering online drafts. You'll be able to, you know, be a part of a community that can, you know, help out your drafts. You, you know, see your pack one, pick one. See, oh, you know, maybe you could have picked this better. You know, that sort of stuff. 
But what seems really, really cool about it, and this this is what gets me, is b- before I dive into it, just a little bit about me. I love, uh, especially importing all my drafts that I do. I love um, whenever I do, especially a physical booster draft or a sealed, I like to always record the deck that I used. Even if I went 0-3 or 0-4 with the deck, I like to see, oh, okay, maybe next time I do this set... You know, I can try to avoid these pitfalls. You know, I, I write up just a small little write-up that only I would really understand because it will sort of trigger a memory in my head. And um, and I use Tapped Out for all that recording. Every single draft and sealed deck I've ever done in paper. Um, I don't really do the Magic Online draft. Uh, I have before, but it's been sort of uh, just... It got to be too big too quick since I did too many. And, um, and then I always record of course every modern and legacy deck i have built every edh and every standard deck that i have built so i've always been a really big fan of a site where i can you know have an easy access for a, you know all my decks that i've ever built and this is what five color combo is trying to do i've, I've talked with the owners or the creators of five color combo and you know they just want to get into my head about some some of the features that i like and one of the things that I really, really hate about tappedout.net is their mobile interface is terrible. While I love the website, they just do not have a good mobile presence at all. And that was one of the big things that these guys are trying to do is to really get that good mobile presence. Because if you've used other mobile uh, draft, uh, not draft, um, but deck building apps, they're terrible. And there's there's no way for me to sync it up with um, you know, a website online. And with this, this Kickstarter that they're doing, there is a way to do it. There's there, you're going to be able to sync up between the quote unquote cloud as everybody likes to call it. And they started up this Kickstarter. I'm going to link, I, I've already linked it out on my Twitter, but I'll link it out again. And, you know, definitely go to their, go to their page, fivecolorcombo.com. And you can see the Kickstarter for yourself. And, you know, there, there's going to be basic and premium. You know, basic is still be able to do all the same, pr- pretty much everything. I mean, there's going to be a few stuff you can unlock with premium. But, you know, def- definitely back these guys. These guys are definitely passionate about what they do. And they're coming out with a really cool product that I'm excited to use. I'm, I know I'm definitely going to use it because I've tried, I've tried a lot of the deck building websites out there. I know tappedout.net is the one that has won me. But I've tried the deckbox.org. I've tried, was it that Mana Vault or Mana Box or something? And they're okay. And or there, there's some other ones too, like Deck Analyst or... Oh, God, I can't remember the names of them. But I know I've used them and they're, they've just never clung on to me. You know, and I really hope that, you know, when this app comes out, I'm, I'm excited to definitely try it on. I'm going to give it for a whirl and definitely going to back them up in the Kickstarter as well. So like I said, definitely check it out. You know, I'm not trying to force you to go and back the Kickstarter, but definitely check it out. These guys are passionate about what they do and I'm, you know, I'm happy to be a part of it and happy to be able to be one of the ones to, you know, promote it because they, this has been in talks for a while now it's just now it's finally out in the open and i can talk about it so it's awesome so that's that and without going any further into that i know i went on a little bit about that 
So places where you can find the Magic with Zuby podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, MTGcast.com. I am, <clears throat> I've got, I'm pretty, I'm up to like what, episode 34 or 35 on my YouTube channel. I think I'm an episode or two behind. I'm really bad about remembering my YouTube channel. But if you're into YouTube, I've got almost all my episodes up there except for the last two or three, including this one. So if you want to email me with any questions, you can email me email me at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook at magicwithzuby or facebook.com slash magicwithzuby and on Twitter at magicwithzuby. You know, there was a fan mail I received I wanted to read. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Um, I think I've read one from her before, Leanne Nesky. She's over in Australia. And she wrote me, I really liked it, after she heard, after she listened to my one episode, episode 34, uh, The Road So Far. And she wrote me this, and I just want, I just, before I read it, I just want to say thank you, I really appreciate it. You know, any email that gets sent to me, any comment, you know, I really appreciate it because it just makes me happy that, hey, someone is listening to this, you know. So, um, I wanted to note, it's brave to admit that your podcast was becoming a chore, and you realize that you were adjusting your personality artificially for your exposure and realize you weren't enjoying it. For me, the best podcasts are unique, candid, and clearly a lot of fun for the caster themselves, and I have always enjoyed yours. I look forward to you continuing to talk about what you enjoy talking about. Sincerely, Leanne. Thank you very much, as I said before, and I really appreciate it. It, like I said, it does mean a lot, even though... It, and I, I also am pretty bad at remembering when I do get fan mail to respond to it. I mean, not, I mean, especially when I mean to talk about it on the podcast, because I'll forget, because I, I forget my own kids' names, all right? I mean, that's bad. So, anyways, before we get into the main subject, it's, by the time this comes out, it'll be week two of Kaladesh Standard. We just had the first major Standard tournament, the Star City Games open in Indianapolis, right? Indy or Indiana? Is it Indianapolis or Indiana? I don't know. It's one of them. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be someone correcting me. Oh, no, let me. Let me look it up. <clears throat> it was Indianapolis. Boom. I was right for myself. And um, we saw a crap ton of aggro, which is to be expected. I mean, anybody who was not expecting aggro to really top the meta excuse me, to top the meta in the first week of a new standard. I'm sorry. I mean, this is how it always is in every single new standard. There's always some sort of aggro deck that's going to take everybody by surprise and by storm. And it'll take usually a couple weeks for the meta to adjust, and there will be control decks that will come out. There will be, you know, other mid-range decks that will come out. So it just, you know, if you're not happy with having to play Boros aggro, or red-white, you know, vehicle aggro. Just, just take a week or two off of standard and just see how the metagame shapes or start brewing your own stuff. So who won was Chris Vandermeter won in first place with red-white vehicles. Um, and Smuggler's Copter has been the all-star of this standard so far. So we'll have to wait and see how this card fares. I mean, Smuggler's Copter's already gone up in price a bunch now. In case you don't know what Smuggler's Copter does, it's 
a two-mana artifact vehicle, and it has flying. Whenever smuggler smuggler's copter attacks or blocks, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card, and it has crew one, which you tap any number of creatures you control with total power, one or more. This vehicle becomes an artifact creature until end of turn. So you'll basically have a 3-3 by turn 3. And just FYI, I learned this by playing Magic Duels because I'm not that smart. I mean, because when it says Crew 1 or Crew 3 or Crew 4, at first I thought you had to tap that many creatures down to be able to activate the vehicle. Because when you look at um something like what, Sky Sovereign? console flagship where it says crew three you know you need i thought it meant okay so you need three creatures to be able to you know control that ship that makes sense because that's a giant ass ship oh but if you only have one creature that has a power of three or greater and it's like oh come on that he's not gonna be able to control that ship with just one person so yeah it's it's the power not met that many creatures so newbie mistake you know there's, there's always been those times whenever a new set comes out, and a lot of people do that too, where you think an, a mechanic works one way, but, oh, it's the complete opposite of what you were thinking about, and yeah, then you just feel kind of dumb. But anyways, I'm excited to see where the standard is going. This is, it feels like it's been forever without Collected Company dominating standard, because it's been dominating since Battle for Zendikar with four color rally four color rally was so dominant and standard before shadows over innistrad and when shadows over innistrad came out it was bant company because rally the ancestors rotated out and now and now that collected companies not not in standard it feels like we can almost have a normal standard maybe i mean i don't know and what does that mean by normal um you know, I've already seen some people crying about Smuggler's Copter being, oh, it's too oppressive and it's going to be in every deck. That's what happens every standard. There's always like that card that's in every deck. Jace's Jace Vryn's Prodigy was similar. Um, Siege Rhino was another one. God, what else? Just a a anything. I mean, you can go back even further standards than that. You know, there's always going to be those one or two cards that's, that are in every deck. But the deck that I was really, really excited to watch, even though it whiffed on the the final match, was the Grixis Emerge deck by Zach Voss. And Grixis is probably my favorite shard, I guess, and my favorite shard of colors. And this deck seemed to be really cool that you just throw away a bunch of stuff into your graveyard, you get you know some creatures back with prized amalgam and scrap heap scrounger and then you can easily get an elder deep fiend out pretty quickly and or a wretched griff a three four flyer with that draws makes you draw a card and yeah i'm i'm really excited about it i played i just went to fnm last friday and i brought my my um is it thermal alchemist deck but isn't machine gun pretty much and i have to say the all-star card of that deck was cathartic reunion that card constantly gave me value um i end up i only ended up going one and three and that's all right it was it was okay the every game that i lost 
for the most part, every every round or every match that I lost, it was extremely close. And it was, you know, th- there was really no blowouts or anything like that. So it's a deck that I'm still, still deciding whether or not I'm going to keep. I, ne- I had no plans of really keeping with that deck in the beginning of the meta because, like I said, it was just a meta deck from the previous standard, which didn't really lose much. It gained some stuff. And you know, just have to take it from here. If Grixis Emerge keeps going, I might be building that deck because it looks a lot of fun. And it's I love fun decks like this, especially where it plays with your graveyard a lot. It's just like, I'm going to throw away all my cards and boom, I'm going to get more stuff back on the field. So anyways, like I said, we're in week two of Kaladesh Standard. And I meant to do this episode earlier, but you know, better late than never. It's not too late, at least. But I want to give a fond farewell to Dragons of Tarkir and Magic Origins. So bear with me one moment here. Alright, so when Dragons of Tarkir and Magic Origins came out, or actually when Dragons of Tarkir came out, uh, everybody knew that the big player in town was Abzan. I mean, even, even after Dragons came out, it was still Abzan. You got... um that Warden of the First Tree that came out in Dragon's Tark here, right? Warden of the First Tree, wasn't it? Oh, it was Fate Reforge, my bad. Um, oh yeah, Warden of the First Tree didn't start becoming more active until after Theros rotated out. So, that yeah, that wasn't really until Battle, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because Theros and M15, yeah, Theros and M15 rotated out when Battle came out. That's right. Um... So anyways, it was when even when Magic Origins came out, you know, Abzan was still the big player on the field. Jeskai was kind of making a comeback, not kind of sort of, but it was just a lot of I can remember Esper Control with Dragon Lord Ojitai. Um, you know that green white manifest crap deck. Oh my god, I hated playing against that. Uh, what else? And of course, Abzan. There was the different flavors of Abzan. And, yeah, but anyways, what this episode is mainly going to be about, it's going to be sort of one of those countdown episodes, in a sense. Um, I'm going to go over Dragons of Tarkir cards I'm sad to see go, and same with Magic Origins cards I'm sad to see go, and then cards from both sets that I wish got more play. And I'm going to start from the bottom up. I mean, not they're not, you know, number 10, number 9, not all that stuff. It's I couldn't even, like, come up with 10 cards for some of them. And some car- cards I grouped together. But anyways, let's go. For the Dragons of Tarkir cards, I'm sad to see go. The first one that I'm sad to see go is this one's been reprinted in a bunch of sets, and that's Duress. Duress is one black, a sorcery. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-creature, non-land card from it. That player discards that card. Right now in standard, we have Despise, if I remember correctly. No, we don't have Despise? Oh, crap. What is it, then? Um, I know we have Transgress the Mine, and I thought really thought we had Despise. There's, there's probably another one. Um... I know Transgress the Mine is similar to that. And um, it's sort of like the opposite of Inquisition of Kozilek. But um, 
it's duress I'm sad to see go because it's always such a really good control card for, you know, blue-black control, blue-black-white control, you know, Esper, black-white control. So sad to see that go. I'm sure it's going to be reprinted. It's been reprinted a million times by now. Um, so don't, don't want to get too much too stuck on that. So the next one I am sad to see go from Dragon's Tarkir is Ultimate Price, which is one colorless and a black instant destroy target monocolored creature. Especially now that there's way more monocolored creatures than ever, this card sucks. It's another control loss right now. Um, we, I mean, we do have other cards that sort of take its place. You know, there's Ruinous Path. There's <coughs> excuse me, Grasp of Darkness, which, you know, can be argued that it is better in a sense. And this this card just ensures that the creature you're targeting, as long as it's monocolored, will die. As long as there's no indestructible or it's not countered or anything like that. So sad to see it go. It was its first printing was in Return to Ravnica. And it was surprising to see it come back in Dragons of Tarkir. I'm sure it'll come back. Probably not for a couple years or so. Um, next one. You notice so far that a lot of the cards I've chosen are control cards? Yeah, because when Dragons of Tarkir came out, that's when I've talked about it on the podcast before where I built... I didn't go Esper control. I went Demir control. And that was because at the time I didn't feel like spending, what was it, 30, 40 bucks Dragonlord Ojitai was when he first came out. I did not feel like dropping that much money on cards, and I think I think the Esper Control played two or three of them at the time. Yeah, and so I went blue black control, and I loved that deck. To me, that that was probably my favorite deck throughout the whole Theros to Konzatarkir standard when before Battle for Zendikar came out. Um, actually, I played that a lot during before Magic Origins came out, and. Oh, man, I had so many fun games with this deck. I know I've talked about it before, but I, I just love talking about this deck. It was, um, I can still remember one of my favorite games is, it's always, especially as Control, this is, actually, no, I have two games that I love recounting with this deck. Uh, one of them was, it was one of the final rounds, you know, my opponent got me down to one, but just could not get that kill. I think he was playing Abzan or something. Had to have been playing abzan or some creature heavy creature deck i can't remember exactly i want to say abzan because at the time i know my shop was playing a crap ton of abzan and <clears throat> i managed to i remember i had ugin down and i had liliana Vess, and you know he kept on trying to do a lot of stuff but i would dissolve it i would counter it um kill his stuff whatever it would be and he eventually killed my Ugin, but he ignored my Liliana to the point to where I got to eight loyalty counters with Liliana and ended up, and he just had this face of, oh crap, I completely forgot because I was getting close to um, ultimating with Ugin and he didn't want me to gain that life and have, have possibly seven permanents out on the field. But like I said, he ignored my Liliana Vest. So Liliana Vest's ultimate, it's negative eight. Put all creature cards from all graveyards under the onto the battlefield under your control. So as soon as I did that, he just had this look of, oh, crap, and just scooped. And I think I got first 
first place that night. So that was a good one. The other one was an, another game or yeah, it was another game. I don't remember what game it was. I know I ended up winning the round, but it was my opponent was playing, I think, some form of Abzan again. And it was literally on my side. I was drawing nothing, but I had countered so much. I couldn't find any of my creatures or planeswalkers. I only played six creatures and four planeswalkers, but I could not. I just kept on getting land and, you know, counters and kill spells. So every time he would play a creature, I would either counter it or kill it right away. And it got to a point where he, my opponent just did not want to play anything because he was afraid he was getting frustrated and afraid that I was just going to counter it or kill it. And I ended up winning by him just quitting and basically scooping up the match, even though he was at 20 life and I was down to five or something, but he just could not get those last five points. And it, I just busted out laughing because I had a whole group of people behind me and some of it, and one of his friends was like, no, why'd you quit? You know, you could have won. And I showed him my hand. It was all lands. He's just like, oh my God. You know, bluffing does help sometimes, e even though it was FNM casual level. You know, you I really got into his head of that. Oh, crap. If I try to play something, he's going to counter it. But, um, yeah, that was a little bit of a tangent. So it, Dragon's Turk here, that was really one of my favorite sets because it was very control oriented for me. And I, I loved the dragon control. It was so much fun. Um, the next card, I can't remember if I said it already, but Virulent Plague. It's a two colorless and a black enchantment. Creature tokens get negative two, negative two. Um, the reason why I like this card, it, I didn't use it too much um, in the dragon control, but it became extremely handy in my... At, what, what did I play? It was... Oh, yeah, it was Abzan Elves and near the beginning of battle for Zendikar, because I think that's when green-white tokens, or what was it? It was some, something, It was I think it was either green-white tokens or there was some other kind of tokens build that was really popular at the time, especially in my shop. And Virulent Plague just swept through that place. I think it was I used it a lot in my abs and my abs and elves splashing red for Atarka's command. And um, that, was, that was definitely during battle for Zendikar, because that was four-color goodness. Four color disgustingness, you could also say. Um, next one is Deathmiss Raptor. I hated this guy when he first came out. He was he was everywhere in every deck. And Deathmiss Raptor was a one colorless two green lizard beast creature, which looks like a weird Velociraptor with a who knows what kind of fucked up face. Um, has death touch. Whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, you may return death miss raptor from your graveyard to the battlefield face up or face down. And it has mega morph, four colorless and a green. And it's a 2-2 two -two morph creature. And when you turn it up, it gets a 1-1 one -one counter. Ooh, mega morph, so exciting. Not really. That was one of the things with Dragons of Tarkir when they mentioned that was going to be one of the big mechanics of, oh, mega morph, oh, cool so it's morph but with a 1-1 one, one counter awesome not really it was very meh but um anyways with death miss raptor this card was everywhere with that green white manifest deck running around rampant when this set came out oh i i hated this card 
just when you think you get rid of it, oh no, he's back. Oh, you killed it. Oh, okay, it'll just be back. You had to exile it. You you had to. You had to get it out of your face. Um, it was just such a pain in the butt. But it was definitely a really good card. I I enjoyed playing it, but I did not enjoy playing against it. Uh, next one. Now this card. This next card is not good at all. It was not good in standard, but I played it anyway, and that was Assault Formation. I only played it for like two weeks, I think. Or no, I think it was just one week. Assault Formation, it was one colorless and a green. Uh, it's an enchantment. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. You pay a green target creature with defender can attack this turn as though it didn't have defender, and two colorless and a green creatures you control get plus zero, plus one until end of turn. So... I went to Eldritch Moon game day whenever that was. God, I guess two months ago now? Jeez, time has flying by, flown by. Flying by. Flown by. Because I speak English well. And there was someone playing an Assault Formation deck in Eldritch Moon game day. He had, what, the Benthic Infiltrator? Well, what? Wasn't the Benthic Infiltrator? Yeah, the... Two colorless and a blue, one four devoid ingest, and benthic infiltrator can't be blocked with assault formation. It was basically a simic assault formation deck, and I was playing Bant Company at the time. I beat him, but still seeing that deck was just sort of like, this is hilarious. <laughs> this is awesome that someone's playing. Of course, I I played a wall tribal deck in standard for one week and completely lost. I know I've told this story before in the podcast where. I was not expecting um, to see Siege Dragon at all during the time, or Siege Dragon destroys all walls when it comes into play. And one person, of course, decided to sideboard in a Siege Dragon because he was playing some dragon control or whatever. And, yeah, it, it was still funny, though. I wasn't really mad. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my little deck right now of the Wall Tribal, and it was five rounds, and I went 2-3. Holy crap. I, I don't even remember what I won against, but I'm just surprised I won two rounds out of three or out of five. <laughs> Good job, me. Yeah, I'm so awesome. Not really. Um, so, let me see what else. So, yeah, Assault Formation. This next card, it was, it was more of a personal favorite. And while it did see play, I think it saw a lot of play early on, but when Battle came out, and especially Oath came out, it really died off. I did not see this card be played a lot in Standard, and that's Thunderbreak region. I loved the art on this card, not the game day art and the regular art. Um, Usually what I do is when Standard's about to rotate, um, I like to keep at least one copy of a rare, then sell... <gasps> Excuse me. Fuck. My dinner is coming up on me. I like to usually sell the rest you know, at least keep one copy of the card, but this is a card that I kept four of. I don't see it ever being played in modern or anything like that, but I just, I love this card. It's one of those, you know, favorite cards. I love the art on it, love on both, both variations. And, um, Thunderbreak region is a two colorless and two red flying dragon. Whenever a dragon you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, Thunderbreak region deals three damage to that player. And it's a four, four for four which is not bad at all. I remember this guy being played in, I think it was Jeskai, I want to say, when Dragon's Tarkir came out. 
or Mardu, or I really can't remember, but he was a motherfucker to deal with. If you um, you had to do board wipes, or you could just constantly be taking damage from that, you know, target, and God, such a pain in the ass. But love, love, love playing him. Love him. Just love him. You know, it's the best. That's the best. And um, all right, the next cards. Th- this is a set of cards that I'm sad to see go, and the that's the command cycle. The Atarka's command. Dramoka's Command, Kolagon's Command, Ojatai's Command, and Silmgar's Command. And, well, Silmgar's Command barely, if ever, saw play. It saw play in heavy control decks. Um, you know, it was, it's the worst one out of the four. Is it four? Or five, I mean. And Ojatai's Command did barely saw any play when it first came out. I remember barely saw any play. It ended up seeing a lot more play later on in its life when Oath came out and Shadows of Innistrad came out. It was really, really good in Band Company. Colagon's uh, Command, I'm trying to think if it saw... I don't remember it seeing a lot of play when it came out in Standard. I know it sees play in in, in Modern in Grixis, but um, I don't think it saw a lot of play when it in standard unless i'm wrong if i'm wrong just let me know you know i've been wrong before and i'm not afraid to admit that so like you said Colagon's command i know he sees playing modern um i can't remember if he saw any play in standard or anything but then um there's dromoka's command which saw a lot of play from beginning to end when it came out um and then there was a tarkus command which i remember seeing a lot of play in the beginning of dragons and sort of faded away in the middle of battle, and especially when Oath came out, it sort of just faded off. So, that was the command cycle. The next cycle that I really enjoyed were the Dragon Lords, uh, starting with Dragon Lord Atarka, which is a five colorless red green flying trample elder dragon creature. When Dragon Lord Atarka enters the battlefield, it deals five damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers your opponents control. It's an 8847. So this was a creature that definitely saw play in ramp, Eldrazi ramp, green red ramp. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know there were other decks that it saw play in. Um... I can't I can't remember what other decks it may have saw play in during standard. But um it was a good card. I, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely one of those, oh shit, it comes out on the field and you gotta take care of it right away or you're just screwed. That was pretty much for all the Dragon Lords. Uh Dragon Lord Dramoka, which is a four colorless green and white. Dragon Lord Dramoka cannot be countered. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like it. can't be countered because me as a control player, I'm going to be able to counter stuff. As flying lifelink and your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Shit. That sucks. And it's a 5-7 with flying lifelink. You just need to figure out a way to kill that quick. Um, yeah. So, and what sucks is you got to wait for your turn to be able to do something. Uh, let's see. Dragonlord Colagon, four colorless, black and red. Flying haste. Other creatures you control have haste. When, whenever an opponent casts a creature, planeswalker spelled the same name as a card in his or her graveyard. That player loses ten life. It's a six-five for six. So, this card didn't see a lot of play from what I remember. It saw, I think, some, 
Uh, but I think the um, the other version of Colagon saw more play than this one, if I remember correctly. It's not a bad card. It's not bad. Not bad. This card, though, saw a crap ton of play when it first came out. Dragonlord Ojitai. Three colorless white and blue flying Dragonlord Ojitai. Has hexproof as long as it's untapped. Shit. Um, it can be countered, though. That's a good thing. Uh, whenever Dragonlord Ojitai deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So, basically, when it deals combat damage to you, it casts an Anticipate, which allows you to dig through your library, which was perfect for Esper control. Just absolutely perfect. And just, there's no reason... I mean, it was... Definitely understandable why it was so expensive when it first came out. It definitely went way down when Esper Control became, you know, not viable at all. It's, I still really enjoyed this card. It is, this card now has a home in my Dragon EDH deck. And last but not least, certainly not least, one of my, this is probably my favorite Dragon Lord, Dragon Lord Silumgar, four colorless blue and black. Flying Death Touch whenever Dragon Lord. Silmagar enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature or planeswalker for as long as you control Dragonlord Silmagar. So, it's um definitely a good card. Like it. Like it. It's tremendous. The best. Um, so, yeah, that, that was definitely my favorite one out of all the Dragonlords. And last but not, certainly not least, and while this may not come to a surprise as for people... And a lot of people think it warped an entire standard. It's I can understand where they're coming from. I myself did not like the Rally the Ancestors and Bant Company, how it was just overpowering everything, even though I played the decks. I played them just because I wanted to win. Um, I like the card for what it is and what it does. And that's Collected Company, which is three colorless and a green. Look at the top six cards of your library. Put up to two creature cards and converted mana cost three or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So like I said, I like the cards for what, or I like the card for what it does. And I also like it because it sort of gave birth, not, not really gave birth, but it sort of created modern elves as we know it today with Court of Calling and, and Collect a Company or lead the stampede and it's this card caused me to get into modern which is why i'm sad to see it go because th this is the, this is the stepping stone this is the crossroad of what got me into modern was this card as soon as i saw it built and then i saw um someone play an early variation of it with all the elves in magic origins when origins came out it it caused me to start getting into modern at that point. So just to briefly go over all the cards again that that I'm gonna be sad to see go, and that's duress, ultimate price, virulent plague, deathmas raptor, assault formation, thunderbreak regent, the command cycle, the dragon lord cycle, and collected company. Alright. So let's get on with origins. The origin origins cards. I am sad to see go. Hold on, let me bring up this deck. And I didn't write them all down, but I'm gonna be sad to see the elves go. Elves is one of my favorite tribes in 
just Magic the Gathering, period. You know, with Llanowar Elves, Elvish Mystic, um, you know, Nyssa, all, all the Elves. I, I love them all. So, the cards that I'm going to be sad to see go, um, definitely not all of them, but I'm going to be sad to see Shaman of the Pack go. It was always nice really killing your opponent with the Shaman of the Pack. And Shaman of the Pack is one colorless black and green. When Shaman of the Pack enters the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to the number of elves you control. It's a 3-2, so playing a collected company and having, you know, five elves out, then Shaman of the Pack comes out, boom, he just lost six life. Loved it. Um, Leaf Gilder, I'm going to be sad to see go because it's our only really decent mana ramp creature. I mean, there are some. There's that, oh, it's, there's that one that just came out in Kaladesh that's one in a green, but you only tap, you tap mana for any color, but you need energy, one energy to, to do that, though. Um, it's similar, but not that great. Or I think there's also, what, Lifespring Druid, too? Isn't that, doesn't that cost three, though? Yeah, that costs three. Ugh, sucks. There's also that, um, what, Savant, Beast Caller Savant. That's only for creature spells, though, which is eh, not too bad. Um, Elvish Visionary. I mean, it's been a card that's been reprinted a bunch of times. One colorless and a green. When Elvish Visionary enters the battlefield, draw a card. I mean, it hasn't been reprinted a bunch of times, but it's been reprinted before. And I love that card. It's such a good card. Um, one of the new elf cards that I was really happy to see was Dwinin's Elite, which is one colorless and a green. When Dwinin's Elite enters the battlefield, if you control another elf, put a 1-1 green elf warrior creature token onto the battlefield, which for two, it's a 2-2, two -two, which can create a 2-2 two -two and a 1-1 one -one body for two. Not bad at all. Um, and then the other one was Dwinin Guiltleaf Dayan. Two colorless, two green, reach. Other elf creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever Dwining Guiltleaf Dayan attacks, you gain one life for each attacking elf you control, three, four. So, yeah, your typical elf lord, but, you know, has reach at least and can help you gain life. Um, so, those are the elves I'm definitely going to miss from Origins. And I loved playing Atarka Elves. Hold on. So I'm, I'm looking at the, the deck I had. So it was definitely... I thought it was Abzan. Because I'm getting confused with my modern deck. So I apologize earlier if you're probably confused. Like, Abzan, what the heck is he talking about? So it was really Jund Elves. It um really only splashed red for Atarkas Command. And it also splashed red for Rending Volley. And yeah, that's it. It only had it only had that many red sources. Damn. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember I took that to game day and got second place for. Uh, I think it was Battle for Zendikar. I got second place. Yeah, it was. I think whatever set had the Sword of Animist. Um. Yeah, whatever Sword of the Animist Matt as the champion. So I guess it was Magic Origins then. I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess. I don't freaking remember, man. But yeah, I got second place with it, and it was fun. Um, the next card I am sad to see go, and it was <clears throat> a card I like thematically, you know, as far as the storytelling goes, and I love 
the not really promo art, the intro deck art of this, and that's Pia and Kieran Nalar, which is two colorless and two red. Uh, when Pia and Kieran Nalar enters the battlefield, put two one one colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. Two colorless and a red, sacrifice an artifact, Pia and Kieran Nalar deals two damage to target creature or player. I played this at first in the the um blue red Thopters. Uh, it wasn't the one that Mike Seagrass was playing. Actually, wait, no, it was. Yeah, because I played his deck. Wait, no, 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 no. No, that, that was that was different. Um, I had a um. I had another like blue red Thopter deck I played before the Mike Seagrass deck where he got second place in Worlds last year, and I I did play his deck and I won F and M a couple times with it, but. No, I played another one, a little bit more controlling one with PN Kieran Nalar, Thopter Spy Network, a little bit slower, but it was it did it did its job. So I really enjoyed that card. Um, I love the art on the intro deck version. Um, think it's really really good for that one, and it's also you know story wise, it's a good card. And then when you learn what happens to PN Kieran, it's kind of sad too. You know you can look that up if you want. Uh, the next card is Infinite Obliteration. I am sad to see that go, even though we kind of have um, a replacement for it. Oh, crap. What is it called? It's same mana cost, too. Not Deadlock Trap. Um, Lost Legacy, is it? Okay, yeah. So Infinite Obliteration is one colorless and two black. And... It's you name a creature card, search target opponent's graveyard hand and library for any number of cards with that name and exile them. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Um, yeah, when that came out, I definitely sideboarded that card when I was doing Demir Control and named Siege Rhino, I don't know how many times. Yeah, screw that card. Siege Rhino, that is, not of infinite obliteration. So... We now have Lost Legacy, which is same mana cost, but you name a non-artifact, non-land card, search target player's graveyard hand and library for any number of cards with that name and exile them. That player shuffles his or her library, then draws a card for each card exiled that way. Um, so, it's to me, that sounds better than Infinite Obliteration, because you can name anything a non-artifact non-land card so you know we just have to wait and see if that's going to be good in control or not uh let's see the next card i am sad to see go and i'm sad it did not really see a lot of play at all um i was really expecting it to when i saw it was going to be reprinted i'm like oh my god this is going to make this deck insane now because holy crap i, th I thought it was going to just blow stuff out of the water and that's goblin pile driver because at the time when magic origins was out magic m15 was still out too so goblin pile driver along with goblin rabble master those two combined holy crap i was thinking you know we were going to see a lot of red aggro decks at the time and goblin pile driver is a reprint from when it, what reprint was it from reprint from onslaught so it has it was not even modern legal until it was reprinted um goblin pile drivers one colorless and a red protection from blue whenever goblin pile driver attacks it gets plus two plus oh until end of turn for each other attacking goblin 
So that combined with Goblin Rabble Master, I really thought it was just going to, that was going to see play everywhere, but apparently not. I mean, I did definitely play the deck, and how did I even do with Goblin Madness? I know I wrote it down. Hold on, do, 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 pulling it up. And of course I didn't. Oh, yeah, I got second place with it. So I think I only brought it twice, and I got second place twice. So not too bad. Um, it had Foundry Street Denizen, Frenzied Goblin, Goblin Pile Driver, Rabble Master, and Swift Spear. Monastery Swift Spear in it. So not bad, not bad, not bad at all. Um, so yeah, I was like I said, I was surprised that deck or that card didn't see more or goblins didn't see more play, but uh, you know, you you win some, you lose some. Another card that I'm sad to see go, and this I really enjoyed this in the Atarka Red deck, and that was Abbot of Carol Keep which is one colorless and a red prowess human monk. When Abbot of Carol Keep enters the battlefield, exile the top card of your library until end of turn, you may play that card. Really enjoyed this card. Um, thought, you know, especially for a Tarka Red, it was pretty damn good deck. Um, I also played it in a Tarka Landfall as well when Battle for Zendikar came out, and it was... It just provided a lot of value when I just could not either get that land drop or I needed that, you know, Titan strength or something like that to be able to really, you know, get in there and do that damage. So I'll be sad to see that go. And this next card I'm sad to see go, even though I didn't play the deck, but I definitely played against it a lot. And it could be a pain in the butt, but when this deck was a little bit more popular i was playing you know my blue red is it or my blue red um thopter deck the mike segris one and that sphinx's tutelage that's two colorless and a blue enchantment whenever you draw a card target opponent puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard if they're both non-land cards that share a color repeat this process and you can pay five colorless and a blue draw a card then discard a card so when i remember when this deck came out or this card came out i mean um, I think there was, was it a Star City Games or a Grand Prix where this deck either got top eight or really close to top eight, but it was green blue. It was Simic because he was playing a lot of fogs. It was basically a turbo fog deck where you would just mill out your opponent. And that was really awesome. But I did see red blue variants after battle for Zendikar came out and we lost pretty much all the really good fogs. But it just never never really saw the light of day after that. Um, you know, I would see some people try to brew up something with it, but it was just never good enough after uh, Theros and M15 rotated out, you know. Um, enjoyed the card. I, I played in a mill deck in my um, EDH deck now. it's you know, When you think about it, it's sort of sad because, you know, I, I like standard. I enjoy playing standard. Um, been definitely enjoying modern and legacy. You know, I play EDH. To me, EDH is very casual. I've said that before. But it's sort of like EDH to me is sort of like where cards go to retire. It's especially maybe more popular cards. Especially when I'm doing something like this where I talk about, oh, cards I'm sad to see go. And it's now my EDH deck. It's sort of like it'll sit there until I decide to play it. I mean, there's so many other cards that I play in standard that I really enjoyed in the decks that never go anywhere after that. When they rotate out, it's sort of like, oh, well, you're just sitting in the box now. That's sort of like where they go to die, not where they, you know, go to retire, in a sense. At least 
some of these cards are seeing a home in EDH. So, you know, they may get played once in a great while. So, sort of like Toy Story where it's it's um Andy comes in and maybe looks at Woody or Buzz or something and they're all, oh my god, he looked at us and stuff. It's sort of, yeah, because my magic cards are toys. They are, because I like to think of them that way. Um, Next card. We're almost getting to the end here. The next card I'm sad to see go. And this card was super popular in the very beginning. Like, it was in every deck at the beginning. And then it just died off at some point. I mean, it still saw play. I mean, it would come back. It would it would wane back and forth. Like, it would get really popular in the meta and then just sort of go away for a little bit. And then, it would, then when everybody was, you know, sideboarding against it or just forgetting about it, then it would come back and then just slowly go away. I mean, at least that's how it felt in my area. Uh, Hangerback Walker, it's co- it's a double X cost, and Hangerback Walker enters the battlefield with X-1-1 counters on it. When Hangerback Walker dies, put a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying onto the battlefield for each 1-1 counter on Hangerback Walker. You can pay one colorless and tap it and put a 1-1 counter on Hangerback Walker. This card was one of the all-stars in my uh, blue-red artifact Thopter deck, if I remember correctly. The Mike Seagrass one, yep. And this card basically slotted into almost every standard deck when it came out. It was just that good. And it I still find it to be a really good card. So I'm sad to see that go. Um, the next card, actually the set of, the cycle of cards that I'm sad to see go, and you can probably guess it, the last one are the Flip Planeswalker, Chandra, Fire of Kaladesh, Jace, Friends, Prodigy, which at one point was over $100 in standard. That was insane. I am, I, I know people hate hearing bragging, but I, I for one was so glad I got it at 14 bucks a pop. I was thinking at that point, like, holy crap, 14 bucks a pop, really? It's not even that good. And it, oh my, I, I still remember thinking, holy crap, it's at 100 bucks now. And it just, it, it brought on a lot of bad feels for Standard at the time. Because when Battle came out, the, that you got to remember, that was four-color goodness with Fetchlands. That was probably one of the most expensive Standards I can remember. There were decks that if you were to buy into them right then and there, if you didn't, you know, get the cards when they first came out, like if you didn't get the Fetchlands when they first came out, or you didn't get Jace when he first came out, or whatever other cards... There were some decks that cost almost close to a thousand dollars. I remember Rally the Ancestors was at one point what eight nine hundred dollars. That for a new player to want to be able to play that, that's ridiculous. And I know I've talked about that on my podcast before, where the cost of standard is just too high sometimes. And luckily, right now it's not too bad. And um, it all depends. There may be. Some cards that come out, they're just going to skyrocket. I mean, I know Liliana, The Last Hope, and Chandra, Torch of Defiance are pretty expensive right now. But it, it just doesn't seem as bad. I mean, like, Arch- Archangel Avacyn is a good example. Archangel Avacyn, when it first came out, was about $50. I, I think around $50, $60. It has now gone down below $20. And, that was only, and it came out back in April. Yeah, it's been a while since it's been out. But... Jace Friends Prodigy did not go down for a long time. So it's um 
Yeah. I I really like that card. It, it was a really good card. But I'm just I'm kind of glad that it's no longer nowhere near ex- as expensive as it was. I think it's below 20 bucks now or a little bit over 20 bucks, but you know, I think it may see some play in Legacy. I, I don't know about Modern though. I haven't really seen it in Modern maybe. I mean, I know Grixis Control tried to play it, but mm, not to that great of effect. Um then there was Kithian Hero of Akros, and then Liliana, Heretical Healer. And Liliana saw some play early on. Uh, not too much. I, she, I think she did see some play in some variations of Rally the Ancestors. Um, and then Kithian saw a lot of play in Mono White Humans, especially when Shadows came out. And that, that card, ugh, God. I mean, n- n- the card itself was fine. It's just that deck mainly is just more of a ugh god. And um, all right, so just to reiterate, cards that I'm sad to see go: it's all the elves, P and Kieran Nalar, Infinite Obliteration, Goblin Pile Driver, Abbot of Carol Keep, Sphinx's Tutelage, Hangerback Walker, and the Flip Plains Walkers. So now we're gonna go into the last two categories: cards that I wish got more play cards that I wish saw more play in standard or modern mainly standard because these are cards that I that I personally thought I went through the list that I personally thought were good it just seems like they didn't have anything to help them out you know no no other cards it didn't fit anywhere really um let's start off with dragons of Tarkir and the first card it's going to be a pretty short list and the first one is commune with lava Commune with Lava has an X cost and two red. It's an instant. Exile the top X cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. Um, The reason why this wasn't that good, I mean, some of you may think like, oh, well, that's kind of a bad card, you know, but we didn't have anything really supporting. I thought it was a really interesting card. I tried to make it work in like a Grixis Dragon Control where, you know, you play, you know, you may be... I don't know, you tap three or you pay X for your cost and then you tap the two red and I don't know, just maybe a burn spell comes out of it. But we didn't really have that really any good burn or anything like that. So I I like, I never, I tried to make it work, but I just couldn't. So that was just personally what I really liked. Um, This next card was another control card. You, you can see a pattern here is, There's some cards I I love playing control, especially when the meta allows it. And this next card I tried to make work. It's super expensive, but it's it could be it could be pretty decent, you know. If I mean no, I mean just the mana cost alone is pretty bad, but it, it could be decent, you know, to flood up your opponent's board. And that's Clone Legion, seven colorless and two blue. For each creature target player controls, put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. You know, I've tried to make it I tried to make it work in um blue black dragon control. It was just way too slow, because by the time you have nine mana, you're gonna want to be doing something else. Hell, I might as well be trying to cast temporal trespass, I think, the get an extra turn from what Fate Reforged, I think it was. It was I, I like the card. I, I also tried to make it work on my Crew Fix deck, and it eh, d- doesn't really work for me there. 
Um, the next card that I wish got more play, even though I did play it and I've seen it play in weird wacky brews, and that's Assault Formation, which I've already talked about before. I uh, won't get into it too much. Uh, then This next card, I saw someone play this card in a deck. It was um, It's Descent of the Dragons, four colorless, two red. Destroy any number of target creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller puts a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. I can remember playing against someone that was playing like a mono red goblins, something like that. And I thought, and I had, I just really thought it was like your basic aggro deck. I can't remember what deck I was playing at the time, but I was beating him pretty handedly during the match. And then all of a sudden, you know, he has six mana out and he, and he has three or four goblins out and then he plays this card and I'm just thinking to myself, well, now instead of, you know, four, one, one goblins, it's four, four, four red dragon creature tokens and yeah it's in limited it, this card can be pretty good um standard not so much i wish it got more play because it's it's a very interesting card where you can get a whole bunch of weak creatures out and then destroy them and get stronger dragons out it what it does is just so interesting um the next card and these next two cards are the Planeswalkers, the Dragon's Tarkir. The first one, Sarkin Unbroken. Two colorless, green, blue, red. And you would think this card would have saw a lot more play, but it didn't. Because Teamer was just trash. And I tried to make Teamer work, especially when Cons first came out. Um, it, it just couldn't get it to work. Um, Sarkin Unbroken's uh, abilities... Are, starts with four loyalty counters, plus one draw a card, then add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Negative two, put a four for a red dragon creature token flying onto the battlefield. And negative eight, search your library for any number of dragon creature cards and put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. It, it has a lot of awesome abilities. It just didn't have anything to support it with. You know, why play this when you could play Siege Rhinos, you know? And the next one, I was surprised this card saw saw ba basically no play i mean i know i did see some decks try and shove it in there but it just ne never really saw any play and that was narset transcendent and i really like narset as a character especially in the stories and i like her other card um wh whatever it was called the one from cons and narset transcendent is two colorless white and blue it, her ability, she starts off with six loyalty counters, which is really awesome for a four-cost Planeswalker. Uh, plus one, look at the top card of your library. If it's a non-creature, non-land card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. When you cast your negative two, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell from your hand this turn, it gains rebound, which means you can cast it again on your next turn. Think during your upkeep. And then negative nine, you get an emblem with your opponents can't cast non-creature spells. I thought it would have seen a lot more playing control, control shells, but obviously it didn't. And I remember I pulled one during pre-release, and at the time it was, what, 30 bucks when it first came out? I'm like, yeah, I pulled a $30 card, and it dr drank. It tanked so fast after that. So, I mean, it happens. Um, so just to go over the cards that I, was, that I wished saw more play, that's Commune with Lava. Clone Legion, Assault Formation, Descent of the Dragons, Sarkin Unbroken, and Narset Transcendent. Alright, for Magic Origins cards, which I wish saw more play, um, this first one 
was is to me a really good EDH card, and that's Willbreaker. That's three colorless and two blue. It has it does whenever a creature an opponent control becomes the target of a spell or ability you control, gain control of that creature for as long as you control Willbreaker. Uh, there was just really no home for this card. I remember seeing some weird wacky brews try to incorporate it, but it just never really saw any play, really. And um, it has a home in my Nin the Pain Artist EDH deck right now. So you have a home there, little buddy. Uh, next one was Vryn Wingmare, which is two colorless and a white flying. Non-creature spells cost one more to cast. Two, one Pegasus. And... So I thought this would have seen a little bit more play because a control variant where you make your opponents actually wait no it affects you too non-creature spells so yeah that's the reason why I didn't see more play um, next card I tried to make this card work it couldn't make it work it's now has a home in my in the pain artist EDH deck and that's stopped her spy network Two colorless and two blue at the beginning of your upkeep. If you control an artifact, put a 1-1 colorless stopter artifact creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Whenever one or more artifact creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. It's, you know, just the fact that it will keep pumping out 1-1 thopters for as long as you control an artifact. It's, I thought it was pretty good. And I tried to make it work. Couldn't make it work. Didn't have a home. Um, next one, this one did see some play, but it it just never it never really got anywhere, really. Um, it's a good card, but it just, like I said, never... A lot of these cards that I'm talking about never really had a home in Standard at the time. And that's the next one is Evolutionary Leap. One colorless and a green enchantment. You pay a green, sack a creature, reveal cards from the top of your library until reveal a creature card. Put that card into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in, any, in a random order. So, it's not a bad card. I, I thought it would have seen more play. Um, this, and this next card, like I said, I thought would have seen more play. It's, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, the mana cost is a little wacky. Um, because, especially when Origins first came out, this wasn't the easiest to get. I mean, it's very doable. Um, it's Erebos's Titan. It's one colorless and three black. As long as your opponents control no creatures, Erebos's Titan has indestructible. Whenever a creature card leaves an opponent's graveyard, you may discard a card. If you do, return Erebos Titan from your graveyard to your hand. I would love to have this right now in like a zombies deck in Kaladesh standard. Oh man, it'd be freaking awesome. Um, but never really saw any play. It's a four cost creature for five five. Yeah, it's three black. I mean, you know, you could you could have made it work, but once didn't see play. There was better stuff to do on turn four. Uh, this card I really enjoyed a lot in the Magic Duels program. Um, I understand why I didn't have a home because you could have easily casted Collected Company instead, and that's Woodland Bellower. It's four colorless and two green. When Woodland Bellower enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a non-legendary green creature card with converted mana cost three or less, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. I mean, Collected Company blows this out of the water, but I really enjoyed this card in Magic Duels in my elf deck because we didn't ha you don't have Collected Company in that game. 
So this is kind of the closest you get, but mm, it is what it is. Uh, next one is Avaricious Dragon. Two colorless and two red, flying, 4-4. Four, four. At the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card. At the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. Not bad at all. Really good for that fast aggro red, but at the time, red aggro was... You didn't want to be playing this turn four. You wanted to be almost trying to kill your opponent by then, especially in a Tarka red. Uh, the next one... I tried to make this card work in Landfall aggro, but it just it it was way too slow because by turn two or turn three or even turn four, I wanted to be doing something different. Um, that's Sword of the Animus, which is two colorless. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. Whenever a equipped creature attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card, put on the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. It's good, just too slow. It, like I said, I try to make it work in Landfall, but just too slow and walky. It's I wish it saw more play. It's not a bad card, but it, it was a good card in Limited, but that's about it. And last but not least, and I've already I talked a great deal about this, and that's Goblin Pile Driver. And the Ride It's Life, especially when Battle for Zendikar came out when M15 rotated, this saw virtually no play. When Goblin Ravel Master was gone, this card was gone too. So to reiterate the Origins cards, I wish saw more play. That's Willbreaker, Vryn Wingmere, Thopter Spy Network, Evolutionary Leap, Erebos' Titan, Woodland Bellower, Avaricious Dragon, Sorted the Animus, and Goblin Piledriver. Well, I just want to thank everybody for listening to this, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I enjoyed definitely talking about it. I love talking about cards like this, so... Um, yeah, so I just want to say everybody have a great night and, you know, make sure you be awesome. All right. Have a good night, everybody. You put the